When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. We are so excited to bring you this show. Our podcast is all about unraveling all of your favorite mysteries from the Assassin's Creed games. Each episode, we'll be talking about a different topic in the Assassin's Creed universe. From Pieces of Eden, Solar Flares, and the Isu, to the Hidden Ones, the Order of Ancients, and of course, the Animus, we will seek to uncover it all. So join us, and maybe even take a leap of faith. Hello and welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. My name is Shelby. You probably also know me as She Cup. If you're listening here for the first time, welcome and thank you so much for giving our podcast a try. Before we get into our topic for today, I am joined here by my co-host, Austin, also known as Teacup. Hey! Well, welcome, welcome. Um, I'm pretty excited for our topic today, so why don't you um, just tell us what it's about? So we're going to take a little bit of break from our Assassins versus Templars part two structure. And I want to talk about instrument of the Templar order, one that's going to play a big role in a, a lot of upcoming episodes. And that is the Black Ross, which you may be familiar with and hearing that, especially in our Otto Berg character deep dive. So I have heard of the Black Cross before only because of what you've told me about Otto Berg specifically and some of the other Templars. Um, we all know Otto is my favorite, my favorite Templar, if you will. But I'm wondering if, is the Black Cross something that was created by and for Assassin's Creed or does it have a real world comparison also? Um, I asked this question too. Um, I could not find anything. Um, I might have okay. not been looking in the right places, but I think very much the Black Cross is modern after uh, the Inquisitors from the Spanish Inquisition. Um, and these people who mm -hmm. are designed to hunt and bring out these hidden people um, okay. and corruption, which we'll talk about in a minute. I think? was just going to say, so there is not an equivalent organization under the same name in our universe there are organizations that do the same thing as the black cross but as far as we know there is not an organization named the black cross in our world that does this thing that assassin's creed is playing off of not that i could find okay so but if you know of one if you're like oh this is the inspiration for this and here's the history comparison drop us a comment or email or cop on our discord and let us know I'd love to find out if that's a cool thing. 
Um, so I'm going to talk about its structure because the Black Cross is not a group; it is a person, but it is also an like an entity in and of itself. It's very, it's very interesting. The purpose of Black Cross Templars. So it is something a Templar is assigned, but only ever one Templar at a time. The Black Cross is responsible for identifying and rooting out individuals corrupted by power or by pieces of Eden held by the Templar order, such as Templars seeking personal power instead of using power as a tool to bring about worldwide order. Other groups for investigating corruptions include uh, theft of Templar resources for profit, nepotistic uses of their own family and betrayal, Rodrigo Borgia, uh, in addition to these duties, the Black Cross Templars are, are given the task of protecting the Koenor Diamond. So in short, the Black Cross serves as the enforcer of Templar structures, even above the inner circle of the Templar order itself. So you say that the Black Cross's job is to hold Templars who seek personal power accountable to investigate corruption, investigate theft, um, take over for eliminate nepotism and eliminate betrayal. And I'm just kind of like every single Templar does this. So I'm kind of wondering, like, why do we have this if they all do it? And how are they held accountable? Which I'm sure you'll get into. Yes, Um, I will answer this shortly. Um, The Black Cross, as far as we know, the first reference of it, it might be older, is the 1800s. So given with the link that the Templars have been around, this is a new person, new role. Very new in the grand scheme. But also, like, if we think about their heritage, individuals like the Black Cross have it have existed. I'm thinking of like Alfred of Wessex or even Aspasia from Odyssey, like of this overcorrection on the Templar order. People who betray their own order, if you will. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So the requirements is this is what I found so interesting. This whole episode has and research has been so fascinating to me. And I'll have a big discussion for us um, at the end with it. But the Black Cross is basically a Templar that's trained as an assassin. Uh, they have similar skill sets. Skill sets. Uh, they work alone and work in covert operations. In many ways, the Black Cross is an adaptation of the assassin training and structure, but modified to better suit the Templar's needs. In many ways, if we really want to think about it and make it, the Black Cross serves as the assassin for the Templar order. And I'm saying assassin in the means of like the assassin's job is to protect the free will of humanity by any means necessary other than harming the innocent the black cross's responsibility is to maintain the integrity structure and ideals of the templar order yeah and i I think it's really interesting when you bring up this person is essentially trained as an assassin but they're a templar and i know we've talked a lot about otzo berg and how like oh if he lived a different life like would he be an assassin And I think that this just really illuminates how and why he's so hard for the assassins to take down, because essentially he is both an assassin and a Templar. Like he is one of them. He is them. It's like fighting against one of their own. Right. Um, It is. And this kind of segues into another point. Um, 
is the appointment of the Black Cross. Otto Berg is a self-appointed Black Cross, which makes him unique from the other Black Crosses. So the Black Cross is appointed by the inner sanctum of the order. So this is kind of the check and balance power structure that they set up. The Black Cross has authority over the inner sanctum, but they are appointed by the inner sanctum. Uh, they're not beholden to the sanctum should they suspect corruption within. So they can take action that is whatever, but they can do that. Uh, but a Black Cross may also train their own successor. But this has only been done on rare occasion. And Otto Berg kind of fits into this category because he is trained by the family of someone who, a descendant of a Black Cross. With their authority, the Black Cross has authority to do whatever is necessary to find anyone breaking Templar principles within the governing structures of a right. Now, a Templar group, like we have an Assassin Brotherhood, or, or this is called a right, like the, uh, it's called the North American right of the Templar order. Like that's what Haytham leads in Assassin's Creed 3, uh, including killing corrupt Templars. Their operations were not to be interfered with, period. All information in regards to the encounters of the Black Cross must be kept silent, and the rights were instructed to assist with anything requested by the Black Cross. So this person wields enormous power within the Templar Order. Um, enormous power. While the Black Cross only answers to the authority of the Inner Sanctum, their earliest operations were directed by what's called a Council of Elders, which is the same thing, it just was... It's an evolution in the Templar order. Additionally, they also had authority to challenge the Inner Sanctum, though that power did not extend to Albert Bolden during his time as Black Cross, as the Inner Sanctum at the time had complete authority over the Black Cross. So at some point, the Inner Sanctum took authority of the Black Cross and kind of lessened its power, Also, which is one of the reasons that Otto Berg is self-appointed because he wants to reclaim this power back. But we'll talk about that. Um, under extreme conditions, the inner sanctum could try to denounce a Black Cross by having the Templar, pre Templar presented for all the Grand Masters of the Templar Order for an official uh, denouncement. The, the power to challenge the inner sanctum was taken back by the modern-day Black Black Cross, Johanni Otto Berg, because of Berg being a member of the Inner Sanctum. Uh, the position of Black Cross gained independence and was no longer required to serve the Inner Sanctum, while also consolidating powers because Berg oversaw the operations specialist and also commanded the assassin uh, strike, like, hunt down team, like, of assassin hunter Sigma team. Uh, si the situation require it, the Black Cross could also enlist the help of the assassins to accomplish their toll. And I have a big thing about that. Like, the thing that strikes me about this is the amount of authority and power. The Black Cross is a reset button on the Templar Order. Mm -hmm. so, so I agree. And that was one of my uh, takeaways from this, too, as you were talking. And I actually wrote down this question so I could remember to ask it. But, like... 
this and it's this is kind of two questions wrapped up into one but this you're right it is such a check on the power of the inner sanctum and so my first question is what was the event that caused the need for this hold on to that question because um if you scroll down to the end of the notes we'll talk about it after the mid-break yes okay i i do have i want to ask you my second question um my next question is, do we know if a Black Cross has ever actually challenged the Inner Sanctum? Otto Berg. He's the only one. Um, I would assume that it has happened before, but there's so little that we know about the other Black Crosses that it's hard. Other than like, and we'll talk about this in their history, so much of their history is associated with the Koh-i-Noor. And so... They spend a lot of time doing that. Okay. Seems like a, a little bit of a waste of their energy. Um, but again, if the inner sanctum wants to keep them busy and away from what they're doing, it makes sense. So anyway, um, is it time for the mid-break? It is. All right. Well, let's get into the mid-break. Makose! Shoot! Shoot the flying demon! You weak fool. Get a job. Christina. Who's there? Me. Oh, it's you. I should have known. May I come in? Fine, but only for a minute. A minute is all I need. Indeed. Well, wait. Uh, that came out wrong. So, um... First thing we do in the mid-break is always we thank all of our patrons. Thank you guys so much for being our patrons. And we do have a new patron to shout out today, which is Sean S. And I think we shouted out uh, Nathan P. or Chaos, our newest patron, prior to Sean on the previous episode. But in case we didn't, we're shouting you out again. Um, but Patreon is the best way to support us. Um, and we have some really awesome things coming to the Patreon this month and next month. This month, um, for our December patron chats, we're doing like um, a game show kind of thing for all of our patrons. No matter what tier you're at, you can come to uh, the patron chat in December and we're going to do a game show um, revolving around Assassin's Creed. Austin will be playing, so you can prove yourself uh, better than the lore master himself. So um, if you're interested in that, you want those brownie points, those bragging rights, uh, you definitely need to sign up on Patreon and come join us in December. And that is on December 14th, so you don't want to miss it. Um, and then the next thing I have to tell you about the Patreon is that we are launching merch pretty soon. Um it will be stickers and we are going to send them out twice a year. And so those designs will be coming out hopefully um, in the new year, probably like end of January time. So you will see um, that coming up pretty soon. And then the next best way to support us, if you don't support us on Patreon, is to leave us a rating or a review or just a question or comment on Spotify. Any of those things we'll accept and we'll read out. And so we do have one to read today. And this comes from G Moreno, um, who commented on the Almolim character deep dive and said this. First off, best AC podcast out there. I wondered if you heard the Ubisoft Echoes of History podcast on the real life history of assassins and Templars. It would be a great companion to this episode. Thank you so much. Um, we have heard of that podcast. I haven't listened to it because it 
I don't, I work from home now, so I don't have a commute any longer. And I just, I have so many podcasts I'm committed to. It's really hard to add an, another one into the mix, but I have heard of it. Um, so thank you for bringing that up and uh, shouting it out for our listeners. And then the last way that you can get involved with the podcast is to join us on Discord. We have a great community there. Um, it is my favorite group of people on the internet, very awesome community. And so if you want to talk more about Assassin's Creed or any of the other games you're playing, not just Assassin's Creed, any games, come and hang out with us over on Discord. The link is in our bio. And I don't have any playthrough updates today because I haven't been playing Assassin's Creed lately. So um, we'll get back into that soon. But for now, let's get back into the episode. Malaka! 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 Unless the legend is a lie, you are the man I long to meet. Renowned master and mentor. It's your auditory, the la la la. Prego. Uh, forgive me. I have a hard time remembering that Italian gibberish. I'll see you all at the selection ceremony, ladies. I especially hope you show up. Let me guess. He's rich. Yeah, so I'm going to go over kind of brief, really, history, and then we'll get into they're known black crosses or and a little bit of discussion so possibly in the 1800s but it's possible that it was earlier because we don't really know um the templar inner sanctum in order to prevent corruption and stop grand masters from flouting the precepts of the order they create the position of the black cross now it's supposed to be a check for most of its history the Black Cross is almost exclusively involved in hunts for the Koinor Diamond, which Otto Berg is no exception to that pattern because he also hunts for the diamond while also trying to root out the instruments of the first will in the order. You can learn more about all of that if you check out uh, our Otto Berg character deep dive or our Koinor episode uh, to learn more about the events at the Dark black cross takes part in uh but i don't want to i don't want to go too deep into that because it, we would be here for two hours um, and this is more about the entity itself not the necessary the history or everything that goes on there so before i move on to uh known who we know have been black cross crosses in the templar order do you have any other questions that wouldn't get uh, answered in our uh, discussion that's coming? Um, not yet. Okay. M not yet. So, our uh, Black Crosses, there's only been five that we know of. So, uh, Travis O'Lear, which is maybe the first, but again, we don't know. Uh, Solomon Bolden, Jean Vandergraaff, Albert Bolden, and then Juhani Otso Berg. So, this is the discussion. That I just want to offer, and I'm going to monologue for a little, for a minute. I think the addition of the Black Cross offers lore that is very interesting into the mindset of the Templar Order. The Black Cross isn't created by some Templar zealot who thinks that the Order has gone off track and they need it to get back on track. So this is different than, say, Alfred of Wessex or Aspasia, 
who are these zealots almost for the cause and want to get the order back in track. The Black Cross is created by the Templar Inner Sanctum themselves. This is an established structure and governing body of the Templars. This points to that the leaders of the Templars at the time of this creation did not believe the order to be above the basic human impulses. This is interesting to me because so much of what we see in the game, I feel like this is contrary to the Templars so much present themselves as we're the enlightened ones who rise above our basic human instincts and tendencies towards self-destruction. We're the ones who are good enough to lead you through this. The creation of the Black Cross indicates that the Templars recognize that they aren't. So much so that the Black Cross has the ability to enlist the help of their historic enemy to ensure the purity of the order. Furthermore, there has only been five in 200 years. That is significant. This is not a position that is fully utilized. And a quote from Berg's time, when he basically makes a Black Cross, like he has someone pose at the Black Cross while he's at the Inner Sanctum, so that they don't suspect that he is the Black Cross. He says, you all know as well as I do why the Black Cross was created, what it means. That's a threat. Yeah, it really is. So this leads to Shelby's question earlier. And my question of this is, what happened to prompt the creation of this position? Yeah, to me, I mean, just the fact that there's only been five over 200 years, to me, it's like, okay, well, these people are not serving in this position for 40 years each. Like, there's just no way. Um, So there have been times in history where there hasn't been a Black Cross. And that's pretty significant because that means there's no one there who's who's going to check the power of the Templars. But to me, I kind of wonder, like... Because we know, we know that the Templar Grandmasters over the years, they have flagrantly violated these rules, right? Like they have participated in nepotism. They've hired their children. They have uh, bribed people. They have done all the things to keep themselves in power. And so I wonder if there was an incident where the Templar inner sanctum was like, this pattern is not working for us. Like, we really need somebody who is going to help us keep more in line with what we need to be doing, who's going to stay like on our asses, basically, to to make sure that we're accomplishing our goals. Because, I mean, literally all the Templar leaders, minus a few exceptions, fall into these categories of the rules that they've broken. Well, and I want to preface this like i want to talk about the 300 years prior to this so starting in like the turn of the 16th century so the early 1500s so the end of Ezio's hunt of the borgia up to this point and talk about the templar leaders and what has happened so we have rodrigo borgia who solely participates in nepotism and is so can obsessed with these pieces of eden even cesare Borgia, who is so obsessed to a fault that his own father feels like he needs to be put down into a fault. Then we jump in there and, you know, Revelation, those Templars seem to be on track of manipulating 
But then we get to Assassin's Creed 3, and I love Haytham, but he allows his own personal judgment and not the further of the Templar order to get in the way. He is it Connor is a weakness for Haytham, whether he wants to admit it or not. But also for Haytham, like he he doesn't rein in his underlings. Mm-hmm. Um they abuse their power so much. And I don't think Haytham necessarily abuses his power, but like Charles Lee does, all of his other underlings mm-hmm. do, and he doesn't rein that in. Right. Then you bring this up into the French Revolution, and there's a Templar who is basically harboring an assassin. They make a truce with the assassins and kind of abandon all their ideals for their own power. And then there's more things that happen. And by the time you get to when this is supposed to be created, the Templars have suffered 300 years of crushing defeats, like crushing defeats. And so I think it does beg the question that they looked and said, we got to do something. But what I want to know, and the question that I want to know is what event prompted them to look at their history and go, we've got to fix something. Because it had to be really bad, like Borgia level bad. But just the amount of power that the Black Cross wields is unprecedented. So much that um, if you've read the comics, the and it's a comic, you can feel the tension and fear in the inner sanctum from the pain when the Black Cross enters the room. Because it, it goes back to this quote, you all know why the Black Cross was created and what it means. I also think that that fear that they have, it makes sense as to why they try to keep the Black Cross busy with all of these fetch quests and busy work um, protecting the Koinor diamond. Because if they're out doing that, they don't have time to look in on the inner circle and make sure that everything's running the way it should. But it's interesting to me, like, you would think that, like, a position of the Black Cross in the Templar Order would be, like, this master assassin hunter. And, you know, Berg is a master assassin hunter. Period. But the Templar is the hunter of Templars. And it... It has just been a very interesting journey for me to think about, like, the Templars having, at the time, having so much self-awareness to saying, oh, we need a check on our power. Because most of the time, an organization like that is going to be too proud to ever admit that they need a check on their power. But I also, at the same time, wonder if it probably wasn't just like, oh, the Templars decided. I wonder if somebody like Alfred, who is the the king, the monarch of a country, and who is also the Grand Master, who's basically decided like unilaterally, we can't do this anymore. Like we've got to mm-hmm. have some reform because you're right. Like institutions, organizations don't just up and decide, Oh yeah, let's give ourselves more rules that we have to follow. Like let's have us have to write more reports. Like nobody ever willingly does that. Um, it's just not human nature. And so I do wonder if there was one person who was like not fully committed, who made the decision to implement this. 
Mm-hmm. Or even a more intriguing possibility, maybe the assassins turned it on their head and infiltrated the inner sanctum of the Templars. That's a lot of faith in the assassins that I don't frankly have right now. Uh, I think I think it's not natural for the assassins because I feel like to get into the inner sanctum levels of the Templar order, you would have to do a lot of stuff that would break the creed. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's really the Black Cross um, in overview. Very intriguing. Very interesting. I would love, I think Assassin's Creed would make a killer game playing as the Black Cross. Yes, I completely agree. And I would I would love to play as Otso. That would be amazing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I agree with you. I think this would make a great game. And I think this would also make a really good like a uh, like a graphic novel series where like maybe it's um black cross you you have a game where you play as them and like that's your rpg character and like going forward in the graphic novel series you have like you follow their in- adventures afterwards but they're always like masked or something so you never really know their full identity and so then you can like keep people's choices kind of like what they do with Revan in Star Wars. I feel like that would be really fun. Um, different for Ubisoft since they typically just decide and say, okay, this is what's canon. But I, I agree with you. I think this could be a really compelling story for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am just very intrigued. Um, yeah, so that's all we got for this episode. Not a lot of information, but definitely very, very lore heavy and interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, um, as always, for doing the research and bringing it and talking about it. Um, This was a really interesting episode, and I'm glad we talked about it. And I do think it will be the foundation for a few more episodes along the way. So um, thank you all for listening to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. You can find us on Twitter at AC Lorecast. If you have any lore questions or topics to unpack, join our Cups Podcasting and More Discord server. It's the best place on the internet. You can also support us financially through our Patreon. Find us on patreon.com slash Assassin's Creed Lorecast. The Assassin's Creed Lorecast is part of the Robots Radio Network. For more information about the Robots Radio Network, join the Discord server via the link in our episode's description. If you enjoyed the show or learned something new today, please subscribe, leave us a review, and join the Patreon. And if you enjoyed our intro and outro music, make sure you give a big thank you to Pipe Man Studios. Thank you, Pipe Man. Thanks again for listening to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. And always remember, Assassins, stay in the shadows to serve the light.
love Dragon Age? Have you always wanted to learn more about its vast world and detailed lore? Are you still attached to your hero of Ferelden, even a decade after Dragon Age Origins came out? Or maybe you're a newer fan, still discovering a new tidbit or quest every day. Well, either way, the Dragon Age Lorecast is the podcast for you. I'm Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm Shelby, also known as SheCup. And come and join us as we embark on a journey to explore and discover all things Dragon Age. We'll discuss all kinds of topics, from Lyrium to the Chantry and the great mysteries of the old gods, and even more that even you Bioware superfans might not know about. So come and listen on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And always remember... Swooping.